Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians with the beginning of chapter 14. The early church in Corinth had a preoccupation with speaking in tongues. It was a divisive issue in the church, which included introducing aberrant doctrine. So the Apostle Paul dealt with it head-on in this letter. The same issue arose in evangelical churches in America and then around the world, mainly since the mid-1960s. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he presents today's slice of this week's message entitled, Tongues and the Church. Here is one author's conclusion, and I offer it to you. This is from uh, John MacArthur many years ago. There are only a few examples of tongues speaking that have gone on through the centuries and which continue today among pagans, heretics, and worshipers of the occult. While it is doubtful that many of those in the charismatic movement would fall into this particular category, it is something for every charismatic to think about. And that's what I want to say to charismatic friends. What you are doing does not fit the definition of the gift of tongues, which is described very clearly in the New Testament, especially in its first occurrence in Acts chapter 2, specifying the the languages, and we've done a lot of study on that in our last couple of weeks. And, and, and so if it's something that is being done in non-Christian circles and you're doing it, shouldn't you be asking yourself if this is legitimate? So tonight we come to chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, and I want you to realize this chapter is not about promoting tongues. It is a corrective section. It addresses errors that were going on in the church in Corinth. It is not instructive as if it is intended to address something that is lacking in the lives of most Christians, not telling you you really ought to go out and learn how to speak in tongues. Now, we're going to survey this long opening paragraph of this chapter, first 19 verses. I'm not going to bog down in details tonight, so uh, we can see that way the flow of what Paul wrote. In our next visit to 1 Corinthians, uh, Lord willing, that will be next Wednesday night, because we're going to go to the Gospel of Mark on Sunday. Uh, Next time, we're going to examine in detail the seminal paragraph on the purpose of tongues. It's 1 Corinthians 14, verses 20 through 25. That has to do with Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled by the arrival of tongues. So don't miss next week if you want to figure, want to continue putting all this together. All right, buckle up. 19 verses in not very long. Let's look at the first 19 verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Three points. Number one, tongues are insufficient for edification. Chapter 14, verse 1 
returns to the same point that Paul left off with at the end of chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 31. Chapter 13 is that parenthesis, but very important parenthesis, about the indispensability of love. Love is the only suitable atmosphere in which spiritual gifts should be cultivated and the only atmosphere in which they can be used properly. Love, therefore, based on what we learned in chapter 13, love dictates which gifts should be preferred in public worship because that's when there are the most people under the influence of what's going on. Now, Paul's going to use here in our chapter a comparison between two gifts, tongues, speaking in languages not known to the speaker, and prophecy. And he's going to use this to show that prophecy is preferable in light of what is most loving for the most people when the group is gathered together. Prophecy is to be preferred over tongues because prophecy always results in teaching and instruction. It, instruction, it, it results in the edification of the whole church. Love requires edifying everyone to take precedence over that which only builds up one single member when that member is the speaker because, like we saw in chapter 13, verse 5, Love does not seek its own. So chapter 14, verse 1, you might want to flip the page and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, and see how this connects immediately. He says, pursue love. Remember the end of chapter 12, he says, you are pursuing what you think is the greater gifts. I'm telling you, no, what you really need to pursue is love. Pursue love. Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. The you is plural. When the church gets together, prefer that there would be teaching going on. The best thing to happen in the church is the loving exercise of the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. Proclaiming the Word of God is what always edifies all the believers who are present. So look at verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now understand what he's saying there. He doesn't say that the proper use of tongues is gibberish, but what he's saying is, if you're speaking in a language you don't know, you don't even know what you're saying. You might know the gist of it, but you don't have the full understanding. And so it's, you're speaking to God. God is the one who understands all the languages. He's the only being in the universe that never needs an interpreter. So when you are speaking in a tongue, you're not speaking to the people around you. Only God would understand you. So tongues are inferior for any church service. The reason is that nothing is communicated to anybody in the service except by someone speaking in tongues. And would you notice also, that's very different from when the gift of tongues was given originally, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. In that situation, 
with a huge group of people gathered for the Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem, people from all over the Roman Empire who spoke and understood other languages, they were present to hear the word of God being spoken in a way that they could understand it in their native languages. And that was clearly a miracle because the speakers were a bunch of Galileans who didn't know those languages. Now, this next paragraph in 1 Corinthians, past the one for today, the one for next study, that's going to explain that miraculous sign. It signaled something very important as a turning point in the unfolding of God's plan. But notice now, Paul isn't talking about the day of Pentecost. Paul's talking about a routine Lord's Day in the church in Corinth. So verse 3, he says, But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. That's why prophecy or preaching or proclaiming, that's why it's superior. If a prophet and a tongue speaker were to speak the identical content, one would minister to everybody there, the other would minister maybe to nobody, unless there was a speaker of that language present. Verse 4, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, you heard those quotations before where they said, Paul said that's a purpose of the gift of tongues is to edify yourself so you have more strength and you look 20 years younger? Uh Uh-uh, exactly the opposite. What he's saying when he says one edifies himself, the other edifies the whole church, he's saying love requires that you edify all the people present when the church gathers. So, Edifying oneself versus edifying the, holy church, the, edifying the whole church, that's right here. So it, it's not saying it's good for you to do something that edifies yourself through speaking in tongues. As a matter of fact, this chapter teaches that self-edification in that respect is a negative thing. Oh, and by the way, It has nothing to do with looking younger and having more energy. Now, I was tremendously blessed back long, long ago in my seminary days to study under a marvelous mentor, arguably one of the top five Greek scholars of the late 20th and 21st century. I called him one of the top five. I could only think of one or two others that I would compare him with, but I wanted to be generous. Uh, Dr. Robert Thomas who entered glory a couple of years back, um, wrote this about 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 5. He says, Can any good thing be said about tongues and self-edification? The tongue speaker apparently had a limited understanding of the general nature of his own utterance, like he might have an idea that he was speaking about a certain passage or whatever. He says, back to Dr. Thomas, otherwise he himself could have received no edification. Yet, to the extent that he insisted on using up the meeting time with his tongue's message, he was demonstrating his own selfishness and thereby violating at least one of the perfections of love that it 
does not seek its own. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.